Uh, we are starting this new series. And do you want to go, Bob, to the uh, to the PowerPoint? That'd be great. We're starting this new series in this month. Let's go one more. There it is. And um, we're calling it uh, Refresh February. Uh, and uh, the idea is that I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like the year actually starts in February. Like I know January happens. Like it's a thing. I know we're a month into 2024. Um, but it's kind of just like January is like the Sabbath for the year. And I don't know what happens in January. And then you hit February and you're like, okay, all right. Now we're actually really starting this year. Uh, so for the start of this year, to kick off 2024 in a real way, um, we are going to spend some time this month thinking about how we might prepare ourselves, our spirits and our souls to be refreshed for the year ahead. Like, you know, you get to the new year and you might have um, some different uh, New Year's resolutions or some goals and usually they're around, you know, eating better and exercising more and losing weight for some reason. But they're always something like that. Maybe you've got some goals like that. But I thought perhaps we should start this year by thinking, um, what are some of the ways, what are some of the goals or things we can do uh, to refresh the soul, to refresh our spirits as we tackle this new year? Um, perhaps that looks a little bit like maybe wiping the slate clean of some spiritual baggage that's hanging around or that's been hanging on perhaps from the last year or years, um, but spending some time being intentional about refreshing our soul as we start this new year. So we started with this great psalm, Psalm 19. Uh, and Psalm 19 is a, a beautiful psalm that has been preached on and has been read um, and has been loved for, for thousands of years. Um, it starts with this, this great section that perhaps you are familiar with when you heard Marion first read it. Um, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. This beautiful idea as David is writing this psalm, that as you look at the world around you and you see the beauty and the majesty of creation, um, it reveals to you the truth about who God is. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. If you're a hiker, perhaps you've got to the top of a mountain, you've looked around and you've just gone, wow, God is awesome. When we did our, our, our treks through the um, through the Andes and through Patagonia in South America. That was an experience I had many, many times. We're just looking at this absolutely beautiful view of mountains and clouds rolling in, just going, wow, God is powerful. Uh, the, the term that they use to describe this idea is this um, is general revelation that God reveals himself to the world generally through creation. Um, and he spends those first uh, six verses um, highlighting this idea. But then when you get to verse seven, uh, he shifts to another main way that God reveals himself. If you have a look in verse seven, uh, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. David turns from reflecting on the idea that in creation we see who God is and he turns to the idea that in his word we see most clearly 
who he is. Uh, Throughout church history, they kind of referred to this idea as the two books of God, um, that as you look around in creation, you can kind of read about who God is just by studying the world around you. You can read about the nature of God, um, but then the other book um, is the good book. Uh, and that's the other way with, with which God uh, shows us who he is, where we can read and find out the revelation of the character and the nature of who God is. <clears throat> and I want to focus a little bit on that today, this idea of the word, um, not the word that reveals who God is, but the word that refreshes, the word that brings new life to the soul. The first part of the psalm, um, David's using this rich imagery, you know, the heavens and earth declare, you know, and this, this, he kind of builds this, this imagery up in this beautiful poetic style. But by the time he gets to verse seven, um, he stops using this imagery in his language and he starts using much more explicit statements um, because they're, then it's not uh, abstract concepts that he's talking about now when he's talking about God's word. Um, it's it's tangible lived experiences that he has personally had in God's word in being refreshed. So it turns from kind of the abstract to the very solid and very tangible um, experience of being refreshed in the word of God. You know, creation is great at revealing the character and the majesty of God, but there is a great limitation on it. And the limitation is us. You know, the limitation is our own imagination. The limitation is um, uh, the smallness of our own minds in looking at creation and understanding who God is. But in the word, those limitations, those gaps in our knowledge are all filled in and our mind is expanded. Uh, and we see um, with much more wisdom and beauty who God is and how it is he comes to us. It expands and it opens us more. What does David say that the word of God does for him? What are these explicit statements that he makes about the word of God? He says in this uh, section, particularly four things he highlights that the word of God does. The word of God brings wisdom. The word of God brings joy to the heart. It gives clarity about life. And he starts with, it revives the soul. And I want to think a little bit about that idea. Uh, in this month, we want to encourage you to refresh your, 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 your walk with God, to, to refresh your faith, your spiritual life. I want to think about this idea as the word, as a source of refreshment for the soul. Because for David, this was his lived experience that he's sharing in this psalm. His own personal experience of being refreshed and finding joy in the word of God. So in the same vein, I want to uh, share a little bit of my own sort of lived experiences in my life of the word and how it refreshes and revives the soul. Uh, years ago, <clears throat> I was on a retreat for for ministers and um, we've had in, sometimes you go away on these retreats and they've got a lot of stuff for you to do. And sometimes you go on these retreats and they've got nothing for you to do. And they say, don't talk to anyone, <laughs> just go away and, you know, re- refresh, retreat. 
right? I actually kind of like those ones better <laughs> when they just say, off you go, you know? If you want to pray, go pray. If you want to play the guitar and sing, do that. If you want to read the word, go do that. Anyway, so I was on one of these ones uh, and there was, there was a lot of time and I said, thought to myself, oh, what am I going to do with all of this time? I go, oh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, read through the book of Romans um, and I'm going to like spend a bit of time. Like, I'll read it through a couple of times in, in this retreat. Um, not because I was preaching on it, which is the trouble in my line of work, <laughs> is that you often go, Oh yeah, I could read that bit because I've got that thing coming up, and that'll be be pretty, you know, be more prepared. So I made sure I picked something that I wasn't doing um, because I didn't want it to be reading the Word of God because it's going to help me get ahead with some work down the track. Um, uh, I want to read one of the the books that I wasn't doing so that what I might do is just hear God speak because that's what I wanted to do. So I did that. Went off into the into the woods somewhere, and I sat by myself, and I had my Bible, and I and I and I read straight through the Book of Romans, and then um, then I read it again, and then the next day I came back and I did the same sort of thing, found some time, and I read it through a couple of times. Um, and as I was reading it and rereading it, um, it really renewed my love for what Paul is trying to do in this letter. Like the Book of Romans is known as being a very dense book very heavy book with some really heavy theology. But as I just read it in the way that it was meant to be read, which is just straight through, not like spending five hours on like three verses, you know, just actually just reading it through and listening to what it was saying, I found to be a beautiful, beautiful book. I found to be this beautiful letter. It's almost like a love letter from God to his wayward children. Yeah, and and, it, and it, the, the kind of the highlight of, of the book is this idea that there is just nothing that can separate us from the love of God, not the heights, not the depths, not the powers that be, not angels, not demons. There's nothing. And as I was reading it, it spoke to me anew. It spoke to me afresh. And I came away having the same experience that David talks about. I came away feeling restored. I came away with a new sense of joy in reading it, um, not because I heard some brilliant preacher preach on it, not because I was reading commentaries on it, just because I was just sitting in space intentionally reading the word and hearing God speak, right? The word of God revives the soul. You know, the, the early manuscripts, right? The early manuscripts that we have um, in the New Testament, we have this huge number of them, like thousands of them. Um, and if you are a, uh, an ancient historian, it's, it's a miracle if you've got 10 copies of anything and there's literally thousands of copies of New Testament and Old Testament. And part of the reason was, was because the early church kept these bits like they were gold. And there was that, there, there's that, that, the part in the, um, in the Psalm we just read, uh, when David says, more precious than gold, more precious than pure gold, more sweeter than honey. This idea that these, these words, are just so beautiful and so precious. And the early church, for them, they were they were worth more than their weight in gold, right? And the reason we have them today is because they kept them so preciously and so carefully that literally 2,000 years later, we've still got some of these things. You know, I, I, I lose my keys every second day, you know, let alone keeping them for 2,000 years. But these, they kept these precious for 2,000 years because, why? Because these to them were the words of eternal life. They didn't have a whole Bible like we do. They didn't have all 50 
thousand translations of the Bible on their phone that they could look up at any stage. These were the words of eternal life that they were stewards of. And they knew what they had in their hands was just so precious, more precious than gold. And they would keep them in such a precious form because of how important they are, right? The Word of God brings clarity and wisdom to those who read it. Um, we're starting this journey with BDC. We've talked about it lots of times. We're going to keep talking about it and telling you more about it. Um, and I just wanted to highlight one small part of it. The idea is it's um, a, a way to reach people through a, a program that's focused on discipleship um, and Lots of kind of evangelistic um, uh, programs have like a line that they're built around. Like if you ever did um, EE, Evangelism Explosion, it was um, if you died tonight, do you know what would happen? That was the line, right, that you would use. Um, this has a line that it's built around too, but this line's a bit different. Um, this line is, I'm looking for someone to read the Bible with. Would you be interested? And then the idea is this. That's what you do. You meet up with them, you just read a bit of the Bible. There's something brilliant in its simplicity, right? And what I really like about it is this, is that when you meet up with someone, you know, you've asked them the question, hey, look, I'm starting to read the Bible. Would you be interested? And they go, uh, okay. And then they come along and you meet every fortnight or however often you can meet, right? And then you read the word. It's actually just not about you. It's not about how clever your answers are or how witty you are or how good you are at, at, at debating or anything like that. You know what it's about? It's about God's word speaking. Because if anything's going to change the hearts of people, surely it's the word of God speaking truth into their lives. Uh, and the idea is you, you meet up with people and um, you try and do less talking than them. You know, you read it together and you say, what do you think it says? You don't read like chapters, you read a small bit. And what do you think it says? What does it say to you? What does it mean to you? The idea is you, you kind of, you hold their hand and you walk along together as together you read the word of God, knowing that the word of God revives the soul, knowing that the word of God brings joy to the heart. It brings wisdom, knowing that it brings clarity to life. And in doing that, the Word of God will speak into the hearts of those who sit and read it together. Uh, at, at college, we did lots of different subjects. Some subjects were good, some less good. A few were great. Some of them I really, really enjoyed and I came away feeling really refreshed. And one of the ones which I really enjoyed was this subject in the Old Testament where basically all we were doing was reading kind of from Joshua to the end of Chronicles. So this huge chunk of the Old Testament. And we did it as an intensive, which meant that it was like just one week. You'd meet every day, like you have a morning session and an afternoon session, five days for a week, just like you smash it out in, an, in, in one big hit. And every night we were sent home with like, okay, just read all of one and two Kings. Like we had to read these huge chunks every night, right? And then we would come back together and we would just talk about it. Like, all right, so what would you think? Like what, what stood out? Like, you know, and, and we would kind of uh, meet back together and we would, we would go through these bits that we read and you could tell when like people had like stopped because they didn't really have any more. That was often me. I'm like, 
Oh, I loved chapter 32. Wow, that was a that was a great one. And then everything after that, I'm just a bit, you know, a bit fuzzy on. But um, it was a really great subject. And you know the reason why it was great? Because it was actually just spending all this time reading the Word. Like literally it was like almost all we did was just read the Word of God. And we weren't reading the academics. We weren't reading the scholars. And we weren't talking about the church historians and the theologians and what they said about this. We were just reading the Word of God. And then we were just saying, hey, what did you think? What stood out to you? And, you know, and that's, it's just basically this long story of God's people, you know, from, from leaving the desert to the end of the king's era. And it's just this long soap opera. And just reading it in this giant chunk, you just see the soap opera play out, you know. Oh, that guy, yeah, that's right. He, he popped up earlier. I remember that name. Oh, where, what did he do? You know, you could, you start to pull together this big, long story. And it made me rethink. It's like, man, we kind of do church wrong. Like we meet for like an hour on a Sunday. We should meet for like a whole week. I don't know if that's very practical, but I thought it would be good. And I still got it in the back of my head that one day I want to do like a retreat where it's just, hey, guys, we're just going to read like half of the Old Testament. Like that's what, that's all we're doing. Like no slip and slides, um, no, no chubby bunnies. We're just reading these huge chunks of the Bible. Um, because when you do, right, the Word of God speaks, you know? Like David's reflection is, wow, when I spend time in the Word of God, my soul is revived. I experience joy. I, I, I have new wisdom. I have clarity about my life when I spend time in the Word of God. This month, we want to encourage uh, all of us here to be intentional about um, refreshing the soul, be intentional about um, setting ourselves up spiritually for a good year, you know? Uh, and we're going to talk about lots of different ways you can do that. But one of the ways I wanted to start with is this idea of refreshment from the Word, being intentional about spending time in the Word. So there's my challenge to you this month. Can you put aside some time to be intentional about spending time in the Word? Maybe, you know, we live in this amazing part of the world where you can just go and you can sit on a headland and you can just feel the breeze and you can get out your book and you can just be looking at the general revelation of God's beautiful creation and then looking at His specific revelation in the Word and you can hear God speak in both at the same time. Like, maybe do that. Maybe go one evening as the sun's setting. And, and spend some time just listening to God speak in His Word. If you do, I'm making a promise now, I promise you, you'll feel refreshed. If you do, I promise you, you'll come away feeling a little bit of joy in your heart. Because <clears throat> for all of us in life, sometimes we're so busy, there's a hunger that grows, and we know that the Word is, is food for the soul, food for those that are ready and willing to receive it. Um, life groups are starting back up. Maybe that's a way that you could be intentional about spending some time in the Word. Uh, Cliff with Life Central, they're going to jump straight into the Sermon on the Mount. What a great place to spend some time in just listening to Jesus's teachings. That sounds like a good space to spend some time in the Word. Come along. Tuesday evenings. All are welcome. Um, maybe there's your life group is starting up, whatever it might look like for you. I want to encourage you this month um, to be intentional about spending some time in the Word. Um, we mentioned it before and I'll mention it again and we'll keep mentioning it. Um, 
we want this month to kind of culminate, to be the the, the climactic um, uh, finish to our series in gathering by the lake and baptising all those who want to experience more of God, all of those um, who want to be um, refreshed and revived and have new life in the Spirit. Um, we want all those who perhaps were baptised a long time ago who want to reaffirm that baptism um, in, in, in water and in refreshment and in the, and in the soaking in the Spirit uh, to come and be part of that um, because uh, we just see... This month, for me, it was really on my heart that this this month be a month that we're just so intentional um, about setting ourselves up in good spot, in a good position uh, for 2024. That let's you know, let's say we've got our exercise under control, and you've got everything else under control, or whatever it is. But do we have our, our our walk of faith under control? Do we have our spiritual health in the right place? Well, let's spend our time setting ourselves up for that um, this month.